Welcome to Acquire Tearsheets Marketing Podcast. I am your host, Tearsheets Head of Studio, Rebecca Cohen. And before starting out, a little recap on what's been going on at Tearsheet. Last week, we wrapped up a very successful, very inaugural Banking on the Planet conference all about green finance. I'm going to have a link here for all the session videos so you can check it out if you missed it. And coming up next month, September 15th, very first in-person event in a very long time, Tearsheet's Power of Payments Conference, and it's going to be in New York City. It's going to be an exclusive event for just a few select professionals and brands who are making a mark and setting the course for the payment space. To be among those few special decision makers, you can head on over to apply for tickets on our site now. I'm also going to link that. And on to today's episode, episode 15 of the Acquire podcast, I'm going to be speaking to um, a company who managed to make the impossible possible. And by that, we mean make taxes fun, dare we say sexy. We don't really use the word sexy at Terrasheet a lot. We don't really use it at finance a lot. Um, but Lily took a shot at it. I think they did a decent job. I have with me Matthew Silverstein, VP of Creative Marketing at Lily. Lily, of course, is a banking provider for freelancers from the side hustlers to the small businesses. And I invited Matthew to speak to us about launching the campaign for Lily's Tax Optimizer, their latest product, um, which basically helps freelancers understand and manage the annual filing process. The launch was just this past winter, ahead of the dreadful tax season that ended in April. Hopefully it ended and nobody's still thinking about that. Um, I welcome you to listen to our conversation. We talk about the creative and the marketing thought process um, in the before, the during, now the after of the launch, um, and a truly remarkable effort to make taxes fun. And of course, how all of this plays into Lily's brand at large. Mathieu, welcome to Acquire. Thank you for having me, Rebecca. So first of all, what's up? How is your day going? <laughs> the day is going well. It is uh, summer here uh, on the East Coast of the United States. So it's uh, it's lovely. The weekends are busy. The weekends are sunny. Uh, and uh, it's a good time right now. Can't complain. And that's that's on that's unusual. So I'm gonna hold yeah. on hold on to that. <laughs> nice. I'm glad to hear that. So <laughs> I invited you to tell us how you managed to make taxes less scary and even fun. Give us the elevator pitch. What's the tax optimizer? Why should I care? Thirty seconds or less. Go. Oh, for uh, because you can save money. <laughs> that's uh, that's the elevator pitch of the tax optimizer. Uh, so like you said, Lily, we are a, a banking and only one banking app for, for small businesses and freelancers, anybody who runs a business on their own. Um, and the, from the very beginning, we knew that many of our feature, um, really, really helped these entrepreneurs with their taxes. Uh, the problem with taxes is that nobody wants to talk or hear about it. Because it's confusing, it's it's boring, it's and it's scary, um, and so we knew we had all these features that were. And I've been a freelancer for half of my career, um, and I moved to the United States twelve years ago. So I learned, and when I arrived, I was a, a freelancer, and so I learned in the middle of my twenties the tax, the U.S. tax code, the U.S. business rules, and all of that, um, and so. We knew, and I knew firsthand how um, how important it is. Because, long story short, my first year as a freelancer, I overpaid my taxes by about five to six thousand dollars. The following year, I went to an accountant. He says, "Oh, you shouldn't have paid four thousand dollars in taxes. You should have gotten a refund." And so you're like, "No, that 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 doesn't feel good." 
Um, and so I knew personally the importance of taxes. And we have all these features in Lily that really helped with, with taxes to keep track of your write-off, to make sure you always save enough. But what we realized quickly when we started marketing the product is that the tax message was not, you know, uh, didn't resonate. It was not something that people immediately connected with, right? They, they connected a lot more with more simple, more straightforward messaging, like no minimum balance, no monthly fees, et cetera, et cetera. But really the core value of the product was kind of around taxes. And which is one of the biggest financial pain points of, of anyone who runs a business uh, alone. And so what we decided um, in, in October of last year, uh, after we kind of moved away from trying to talk about taxes in a marketing way, we talked a lot about taxes in our content, uh, on our blog, in our, in our messaging, in our customer journey. But we didn't really fully like embraced the tax stuff on the marketing side. And so in October, we're like, okay, there's another tax season coming. Let's go all in. Let's just go all in and try to make taxes sexy. That was a little bit longer than an elevator pitch, but thank you. <laughs> that was a really long elevator ride. That's my problem in life. <laughs> well, you answered so many of my questions already. That was an awesome elevator pitch um, explanation. So to recap, simple idea, taxes suck. They shouldn't suck. We got to know more about them. Lily's product has... So many helpful tax features and this campaign and the tax optimizer is about going all in and really capturing it and niching down on taxes, so to speak, um, trying to do the impossible, make taxes fun. Uh, the need for the solution is obvious. The total market for the solution also is quite obvious. The freelancer market is not slowing down anytime soon. How many users do you have today? Uh, right now we have about a little over a half a million account open. And how did your users play into the decision of, of rolling out the tax optimizer? How did you assess like how did you assess the opportunity before deciding that this was important and, and worth doing? So we are always kind of having multiple lines of communication with our with our users, right? Via social media, via the customer service, via surveys that we put out. Um, and what we realize is the users that are actually very engaged with the product, that really use the product on a daily basis and for their business like where are their primary bank account for their business. Um, the first thing they talk about is our tax tools. It's the tax bucket that automatically saves a percentage of your income for taxes every time you get paid. Uh, you don't know how many times I've heard this feature saved my life. Like literally, like saved my life. It's a little dramatic, but it, it, I understand where this is coming from. Or the fact that they can automatically expense, um, you know, they can swipe right on, on a transaction make sure it's saved as a write-off. And so at the end of the year, they'll remember they need to deduct that from their taxes. So as much as on the marketing side, on the, 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 the paid social and, and, and all the online ads that we can put out, the, the clickable thing was no monthly fee, no minimum balance, you know, fee-free overdraft. But when people use the product, what they really appreciated and cared about was the tax tools. So, and so, and, and those were the valuable customers because those were the customers who understood our product perfectly. Um, so they were full-time freelancers. They really were running a business themselves. And so that's kind of where we decided, okay, this is what they like. And these are the users that we want. 
So we need to go all in, even if we're not going to get maybe the same amount of account open as 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 with a we charge no monthly fee. But at least we'll get the good ones. People who will understand what we're saying will be the right customers for our product. Looking back on on Lily's origin story from only 2019, um, it's it's interesting that this is only now coming to your forefront because taxes were always core to your product and your purpose. Um, so so I, I think it's not just about rolling out a new product, but really honing in on your mission and fine-tuning the customer base, like you said. Uh, focusing on taxes and not the obvious no monthly fee, uh, like honey trap, you're, you're, you're risking losing a lot of customers in exchange for having the right customers and serving them in the best way possible. Uh, that's nice. Correct. And really what we did is, is, is not because, like you said, it was kind of going back to our roots uh, because it's always been in the product. It's always been in the content. It has not always been on the marketing um, because there was this, you know, uh, the, in the fintech space, there was this race toward getting accounts, getting users, et cetera, et cetera. And with the tax optimizer, what, the first thing we did is repackage the product. So we created the tax optimizer uh, tool suite, which so we created a package around taxes, um, combining the, like I said, the write-off tracker, um, the tax bucket. We also released the Schedule C generator. So freelancers can generate within their app, the app the tax form that they need to report their income and losses. And so once we have these three big features, we created the package around it, called it the tax optimizer, created a mini brand around it. And once we had that product packaged, it was about sending it out in the world. So let's talk about the naturally uh, sexy stuff, the creative side of things. Once you had a well thought out and packaged product and you're sitting around the virtual table to, to figure out like how to roll it out, what was the first step? Um, what kind of minds did you have working on this? What sort of tools did you utilize to, to complete this mission? It, it, was, it was a challenge because making Tactus Sexy was like it almost written on the wall. We are in an office. We wrote that on the wall and like, okay, let's, let's figure out every way we can do that. Um, we onboarded a few creators uh, for influencer marketing who themselves being small business owners or freelancers understood that 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 problem very firsthand. Um, and then what really we, we we pushed is so we created a little video, a little product video, try to simplify as much as possible and, and make it clear, you know, visually what that would look like. And then what we did, which is not necessarily sexy. Uh, well, we did two things. One is a sexy thing. One is a little less. But we did webinars. I started to do a webinar for our users um, who onboarded. And I shared my experience as a freelancer, which is something that people connected with a lot. They didn't care that I was like running marketing at Lily, But what they cared about was like the 10 years that I had and everything that I have learned uh, by producing all that content around taxes and so it was. It became this these one on one conversation with our users, and even outside of our users, we we partnered with a podcast. We partnered with the SBDC, which is the Small Business Development Center in America, who is also helping small businesses, you know, get 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 going. Um, and we did webinars, and I I did webinars, and I shared my stories, and every single time, the people were very grateful at the end for everything they had learned 
Um, they were very grateful that I was very honest and very open about my own experience and my own like dramatic failures uh, as a freelancer. And and so it's it's not sexy, but direct human conversations, which in a way is sexy. Uh, in in the past two years, we haven't had those. So that that was, I think, one of the things that really showed us how important and how and how important how important and how relevant it is for for our user base, um, even people who don't use Lily, uh, and they were like, "Oh my god, like this product is great!" Like because they understand exactly what it is. Uh, they don't. They understand exactly what it can do for them, and so so that's the 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 less sexy thing we did, and then the more sexy thing we did is we 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 came up with this concept of a a party because that's what's fun in life, right? It's a party, and and you know coming from Europe, I I always found super interesting and super funny how America has a party for everything. There are bachelor party, there's baby showers, there's now divorce parties, there's a party for everything. And I was like, okay, maybe we could create an event around this deadline that every freelancers dread, uh, which is the tax filing party. And so we did a, a media and influencer event. We called it the tax filing party uh, in, in New York, uh, like a few days before the, a few days before the, the deadline. And the idea was, okay, so what is a tax filing party? Are we, how do we make that themed, right? So because a lot of influencers, creators, and uh, reporters are freelancers themselves, we decided to have accountants on site to answer any questions. So we have a tax advice bar uh, with accountants who are able to answer um, our guests' questions around taxes. And they actually use it a lot more than I thought. Uh, there's a lot of questions out there, which shows, again, the relevance of what Lily is doing. And we also created a cocktail called the IRS. Uh, and uh, we, made a, we did a survey uh, interviewing Gen Zs and their relationship with taxes. Like We really went all in on the content side, um, really pushing blogs on the site and really trying to understand and talk about the relationship of America and this new generation with taxes. I appreciate you leveraging your own experience as a freelancer, both behind the scenes and on stage, so to speak, when making this because, well, actually on stage, right? <laughs> In person. Um, because you really understand the pain points. Uh, it, it takes one to know one. You know, making taxes fun is hard, not just because it's complicated, but because it, it, it they bring about a lot of anxiety because money is really emotional for all of us. Um, and personal finance, um, fintechs have to know that. Like you have to know that it's so emotional. And like when you're marketing that, you have to understand the sensitivities around it. Um, and it's especially true for small business owners that, you know, at the end of the day, like don't have that payslip security. Um, so bringing the spirit of education, of conversation, of community is, is, is actually really empowering to do for taxes. Um, and it's the perfect antithesis to taxes in a way. I think you're a hundred percent right. This is, you know, at the end of the at the end of the webinar, there's that I give. There's this chat, and there's really relief. There's really excitement. And I talked about freaking taxes for forty minutes, and like I gave equations, and I, you know, I gave rules that you know have like it's not a hundred percent, it's ninety two point thirty five percent, and here's why. 
And then, but the people who stuck around, and usually people stick around, we get like 90, 95% retention. Um, they are super excited because there's, there's something a little nerdy about understanding taxes too. Like, oh yeah, this equation makes sense. Sometimes math is fun. Um, but like you said, it's, it is, it is sexy to not be scared about something anymore because yeah. I, you are scared of things you don't understand. Like that's pretty much a rule in life, right? Uh, once you understand you're not scared anymore and all of a sudden it's a sigh of relief and you'll be like, okay, I'm going to be able to do this. And that's something I can put aside and focus on my business now. So to recap how you managed to make taxes sexy, create transparent tools that actually help provide straightforward education and create media that is actually engaging, which you did both virtually with the webinars and in person with a tax filing party. So let's talk numbers as, as much as we possibly can. And we never can that much in marketing, apparently. But um, let's try to talk about numbers. <laughs> How do you measure the direct or indirect success of the campaign so far? A little hard to measure, obviously, uh, as we all know. Uh, I love this. I don't know who said that, but I read somewhere in marketing, 50% of your budget goes to the trash and you don't know which 50%. You never know which 50%. And I... I <laughs> As I've been in marketing for, for a long time and specifically the past few years with Lily, I, that is absolutely true. Um, what I can tell you is that we've seen our average, the average tax return that Lily users received this year was almost double the average of last year. So our users are getting bigger tax refund. Probably a million reasons for that. Right, the tax codes changes. There was a lot of like the, the child tax credit and the stimulus, or also they're doing it better. Are now making sure they don't miss on any write-offs. So that's one number that we are very proud about, and uh, we we believe shows something. And really, the other thing is just the reaction of people, and hearing the tax bucket saved my life. Oh my God, a hundred percent of what you just told me is completely new to me and I'm 30 years old. You know, that's really what we are getting in terms of 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 feedback and of and this is how we were measuring this campaign at the moment. That's very powerful customer retention there. You know, once you save someone's life, so to speak. <laughs> After that, yeah. if they leave you <laughs> So before we let you go, I, I want to tie all of this back to Lily's brand. Um, the origin for Lily's uh, may be tied to taxes, but today um, you're doing so much more. You're just a whole bank um, provider for freelancers. Um, and you're talking about making taxes sexy, but, but how does Lily's brand at large make banking and finance sexy? And by sexy, we mean nice and welcoming and and, and fun even. From when we launched, which was 2019, to today, a few things happened, right? Uh, and there was already a movement where more people, the younger generation, was going to freelance more. Technology allowed people to work remotely. Uh, people didn't want to work for the men, et cetera, et cetera. Then COVID, then the Great Resignation. Flash forward, we're now two years, three years later, um, and America is having a solid, deep conversation about its relationship with work and its relationship with success, which is what is driving this great resignation and all this group of people who are like, 
I'm going to maybe make less money, but I'm going to work for myself. I'm going to spend more time with my loved ones. I'm going to move away from the big cities where I am drowning in pollution. All of this is happening at the same time. So we are literally, at the moment, reshaping a little bit our brand book to make sure that what we were saying in 2019 is we need to adjust with everything that's happened in the world. Um, so that's literally an exercise I was, I've been doing for the past two weeks. What's interesting is we were not, we don't need to change too much because our messaging back then was already there, but we need obviously to, to refine it. And I, as we're talking with the management uh, about this brand book, the way I see it is I call it the constitution. So it is where every single word, every single turn of phrase is actually very important. Uh, and in the way that we constantly, we need to, every time we develop a product, every time that we put a marketing ad out there, or anytime we write an email for our users, we need to match it with this constitution and make sure it fits. And this is how we define our mission. And if our mission is to help small business owners, freelancers out there be successful, no matter what their definition of success is. Because successful three years ago doesn't mean the same thing it does today for the general population and for the new generation even more. And so it's about making sure that everything we write in that brand book, the mission, the proposition, the values, the personality, reflects who our users are today. And our users of today are different than the users of yesterday. And to me and to Lily at large, it's very important that our is not are not businesses, are not these like entities. They're the business owners. And that makes a huge difference in the way we speak, in the way we create content, in what we develop, um, and 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 the way we present ourselves. I love that. Thank you so much, Matu, for taking the time to speak with us today. This was episode 15 of Acquire, Tier Sheets Marketing Podcast with Matu Silverstein, Lily's VP of Creative Marketing. We were talking about the impossible task of making taxes fun with a whole lot of creativity, a whole lot of optimism, and modifying their brand to fit the radically changed needs and attitudes of freelancers today. To read the transcript of our conversation, you can head on over to the Tearsheet website and to stay tuned to upcoming episodes of the Acquire podcast, be sure to subscribe to our marketing newsletter and follow Tearsheet on your favorite podcast platform. If you have any questions, thoughts, or ideas about the Acquire podcast, you can write them to me or Rebecca at Tearsheet.co. I was your host, Rebecca Cohen. Until next time.